Welcome back to DM Sess Kitchen. This week we'll be catching up on some reviews on some of the systems that we've played lately. So just as a heads up, when listening to these reviews, well, there's a good chance that we're going to talk about things that happened in the respective arcs. So this review, we will be talking about Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. So this will include spoilers from our first arc. So if you don't want to be spoiled, go and listen to that first. Otherwise, if you don't care, listen on and hope you enjoy it. Bridge when we get to it. Yes, yeah, I love that saying. Far too. We're in that bridge when we can do it. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's just best. the same as like it's not rocket surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does the Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I like it. On that note, welcome back to DM's Test Kitchen. <laughs> Alright, so we are here with our usual crew, myself, guest Kayla. Tyler here as well. Amanda. <laughs> Jeff is not here. Uh, Andrew's here, and Nathan is leaving. <laughs> and gone. Bye, Nathan. Okay, bye. Do we want to do that fine. again, or are we are really happy with that? <laughs> we're, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're also keeping this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so today we're actually going to be reviewing some of the games we've played since we've been lazy about doing this. So how this is going to happen is we have a couple of categories picked out and how we're going to do this. Um, the first is going to be learning curve, so how easy it is to learn a game with five being really easy and one being really difficult. We also have noob friendly, which is once again five being super friendly with one not being friendly. This means if you've never played a tabletop in your life, how hard is it going to be for you to pick up this game? The next is we have adaptability. So how easy is it to customize this game? So five being really easy to customize. So by bringing in your own plot or your own mechanics. And then we have mechanics heavy, which with, and we say five, is five going to be really mechanics heavy? I think so. Okay. So yeah, if the game is a lot of mechanics, you have to really worry about that will often drive up. A lot of things going on, and some people are not as interested in mechanics games. And final, we'll each of us give our own review out of five. Five being we love it, one meaning we want to burn the book. So that's how we're going to do this. And yeah. All right, this episode will be focusing on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, which we played with our DM Andrew and is the basis of our first arc. All right, so the first thing we want to talk about is learning curve. So this is going to be a tricky one. We're going to have to get a little bit of our own bodies to think about this, since most of us have played Dungeons & Dragons for a good chunk of our lives. So let's talk about how easy it is to learn Dungeons & Dragons, 5th edition. So if I had to pick up the book flat off from the beginning, is if you were like, hey, let's show up as Session Zero, let's make a character. If the people there was able to support you and help you through and sort of guide you through the process, easy peasy, it'll help. It'll be great. You're like, oh, hey, bring a level 5 character to our game. You're by yourself. You have the book. You could figure it out, but it could be a little bit painful the, if you haven't read through the book yet. The, the book, the first two couple of chapters does a good job of outlining everything yep. you need to know, but you do need to read it all. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think, yeah, so it's easy if you've got an experienced DM to session zero with yeah. you, and, and sort of, here's how you do this, here's how you do that. Um, but yeah, they, um, in general, there are quite a few rules when it comes to D&D. Like, combat's not as straightforward as some other systems, where it's like, you have to be mindful of how many feet you are aware of something, right. or um, spell slots and things like that, or rest periods that people may not have had experience with. Sneak attacks, people are, Sneak attacks. Class, yeah. class-specific thing, yeah, like sneak attacks, or uh, uh, key points, or mm-hmm. sorcerer points, and, and like all of these kind of things. That- it, it comes down to, is like, a good, strong, strong DM can carry the environment or the rules you play within if you know your character. Like, if you know how your character plays. Uh, I think Tyler's points are good ones, but that they fall more under the the newbie-friendly category. Um, I think the learning curve, it's not a very steep learning curve, but there are enough rules and different classes. Like, it's easy enough to go in and focus on your class and your species and get to know that well enough that you get a pretty good handle on it, but as soon as you go out and make a new character, it's a steep learning curve again. So I think uh, there's quite a 
bit to learn, and like mm-hmm. I still don't always remember the fighting mechanics and have to go back and reference the books quite a bit. And I've played outside of. I'm sorry, guys. I've played D and D with other people. <gasps> um, How dare you? With people who have experienced like a wide range, like all the stereotypes of learning curves, from the guy who knows the rule book inside and out for the first session. To the person in the hundred session that's still like, which dice do I roll for this? Now, so I think now, a lot of that comes down to just. Now, when you play, now is that with a guild, and you did that in the basement? It, it's basement esque. Uh, shout out to our friends at the basement guild. Shout out to our friends at the basement guild <laughs> and me at the basement guild. <laughs> um, with them, with other people, um, sessions I've DM, sessions I've played in. You know, there's always uh, there's always going to be that one person that you know. So I think the the learning curve. If you have played uh, RPG-based video games, they all kind of come from D&D. Uh, if you've played old versions of D&D, you're not going to have as much of a tough time. But yeah, I think to, to Amanda's point, when you start a new class, some classes are harder, mm-hmm. have, a, have a tougher learning curve than others. I think as a GM, uh, the learning like I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend GMing D&D out of the box if you've never played. Whereas some other systems might be, yeah, yeah you could probably get away you with that. Yeah, with I was kind of thinking when you guys were chatting, I was saying, well, it's complete like player and GM experience and rating completely different mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. Uh, fifth because player you can pick up and go, but character creation still takes like two hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's, do we want to separate rating them for GM versus player for this? I don't know, but don't it's something to think, think so. about. I think okay. we should just know that Andrew's experience is sort of coming from the. The GM side. Yeah, because yeah, I was a player in first advanced, and then I was a player in like 4.5, and and then I jumped into uh, DMing because I I was really bad at rules, so I would just make the rules. Um, <laughs> so so it's, it is kind of different. Um, what personally helped me, um, I don't know if a shout-out is a good thing or not, but... Mm. Um, I watched the running the game videos from Matt Colville. You Matt Colville, watched? yep, mm. absolutely. He is fantastic. Yeah. To, he got me like ready to run a game, and I was like, "Oh, they mean I don't need to memorize the fucking Dungeon Master handbook." Yeah, yeah and the DMs tips by Memers are are really good as well. Yeah. And yeah. the more we're talking about this, the more I'm feeling like maybe learning curve isn't the right word for it because um, you have to be a pretty hardcore nerd to pick up the books, read them all cover to cover, and then internalize those rules so that you don't need the reference materials again. And I think part of the beauty of D&D is that there are so many resources and they're so easy to uh, access and use while you're playing that um, you just need to know where to find the answer. You don't necessarily need to know the answer. And I think it's pretty easy to get a game up and running with the resource books, you just need to have access yeah. to them. You do only really need to have the starter. Really, all players' handbook. Everything else. Yeah, as a player. Even if you don't yeah. have the player's Even handbook. Even as a GM. That's true, yeah. Even yeah. if you don't have the player's handbook, the starter or the beginner's kit. Starter well, kit. I never had that. I don't know what's in it. It's, yeah, it's, like a, it's a slimmed down version of character creation, some basic classes. Like, you could go out of the box and have a game with somebody GMing that's at least played before. Mm-hmm. Um... But you you could you could do it completely blindly, but I think that learning curve would be pretty steep. You so actually, think. and yeah, and Wizards has their SRD and their free rules online as well. Yes. So yeah. you could get into the game without having to buy any books and have to go absolutely. Through. And you would yeah. and you would get a you would get a good slice of what it's like to yeah. play. And it, there's just more. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really change with the deeper rules. And to get started, like even with like D and D, like you don't have to make a character to begin with, like. Oftentimes, you start off. I started with prefabs back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, prefabs are amazing. Mm-hmm. You, the, you can the, just play the, anybody as, as the pre-fab. beginners. I don't know if it's the beginners kit or the starters, the starters kit. kit. Starters kit. Yeah, uh, I believe has some prefab. Yep. Yes, so they all come well. with. Um, uh, I think it's, they usually encourage you to use the pre-made characters because mm-hmm. that's what yeah. the campaign is designed around. Yeah. So yeah, there's usually a handful of pre-made characters that like. I think there's four to six usually, depending. Yeah. I've played with those before. Those are fun. The yeah. one thing I will also say is we jumped into what level were we? Fourth? Four, fourth three. Or fifth level Third? Our characters. Yeah. The first three levels of each character class are really designed that when you're level one, there's not a lot that you can do. There aren't a whole lot of choices that you need and to make. So squishy. And you're so die. squishy. So it's more about <laughs> just kind of role playing, doing like a session or two of combat, leveling up, 
making that another choice, doing a bit more combat, and then kind of mm-hmm. level three is really kind of the first like playable level. Those are the first couple of choices you get for your character yeah. as well to really so, make them stand. So I think that helps people go through that learning curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you if you start at level one, but it's if you've played before, it's tempting to want to jump up because you don't want to slog through not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like we did, it was just—it's more interesting. There's more to it, and we're most of us veterans at D and D, so we wanted to get into the meat of it. Yeah, like a hot start is really handy to do with that, like lar- higher level, so you yes. can like, oh, here's. Yeah. A- but I think for for yeah. for newbie, um, for for the learning curve, I think the. The learning curve is good if you start at first level mm-hmm. and just do what you need to do for that first level. I think the hardest thing about defining this learning curve is, like, for most people, D&D is their first system. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about other systems, it's easy to reference back D&D and be like, oh, well, if you play D&D for, like, when you talk about learning curve, it's kind of like the same level D&D or not. Um, so it's really hard to establish a learning curve for D&D when that's when most people start. Well, and it's also, I mean, this also speaks more into the, the newbie friendliness of games, but looking at it from the point of view, like, we've all whether we play D&D or not, we've all played things that were influenced by D&D. Mm-hmm. And the idea of leveling up and stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so those kind of things are almost taken for granted in most tabletops, I think. Yeah, for sure. Like, most tabletops assume that you're familiar with an RPG video game, which is like, it does all the work for you. Which it's, is fair. And I think yeah. the, the, the average audience member, you, the audience member. Um, yes, you. <laughs> the listener um, has probably had some familiarity with most tabletop. Likely. Um, so the learning curve there, I think, would be medium. There are harder games, but they're certainly easy. Even earlier versions of D&D have a steeper learning curve. Much harder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fifth is good. So do we want to say, like, 3.5 as a score for learning curve, or do we want to be higher than that? I think, yeah, I think let's, let's stay away from the, from the term 3.5. Wow, wow. I think, I think we should probably learn, uh, use fifth as, like, it was made for... Uh, getting more people in and like being really approachable. And so I think it should be our base. I think it's been wildly successful. As yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. It should be our base. Like the learning curve of fifty is so easy to get into because like Especially they've you... taken you through it and like yeah, character creation takes an hour, but that's because what the hell's the difference between acrobatics and athletics? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think three point five out of five is, is actually a pretty good score. Yeah. Um, and especially if. I've lost my train of thought completely. Uh, especially if you stick to the just the early books or one of the pre-written campaigns or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like, they walk you through it mm-hmm. very yeah. easily, and, and once you get through that, I think it's pretty easy to. And then a shout out to yeah, freaking Xanathar's uh, Guide to Everything. This is so good for making. Roll just tables. Going through the roll tables, roll tables, and just being like, "What do I have? Oh, I have three sisters. Okay, like it's mm-hmm. so good because cool. then you get hooks and everything like that." But well, that was a, that was also the very first time that fifth edition sort of kind of held your hand to bring you through character creation. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, yeah, let's go on to then the newbie friendly. So I personally hate how the character creation thing is set up in the actual player handbook. Player's handbook. So for me, I played three point five in high school. Um, and then I didn't play tabletop for a really long time. When I got back into it was when we started playing 13th Age, mm-hmm. which is very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. Not Lord of the Rings. It's not Lord of the Rings. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Andrew keeps Shout thinking. Shout out to friends of the podcast, creators of 13th Age. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Hansu, we love you. Anyways, um, so, but again, it comes to New Friendly. So I was playing 13th Age for quite some time, and then we decided that we were going to play 5th edition with some friends of Nathan's. And I had to go make a character, and I'm like, this will be easy. I'm like, I've been playing 30 Days for a while. I played D&D in high school. It took me over four hours, and I know tabletop, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, why aren't there page numbers referenced here? Why do I have to read this entire chapter to understand what they're it talking does, about It here? does joke you around a lot. It's mm-hmm. really without helpful. guidance. It, without yeah. guidance. It's really helpful to have, honestly, either multiple copies of the player's handbook with, like, bookmarks mm-hmm. and tabs and stuff, yeah. or a PDF that's bookmarked. There aren't any legitimate copies of the PDF out there. Yeah. But you can probably pick it up off. Uh, no, I'm pretty nope, sure there must D&D be a... Beyond. Oh, yeah. D&D Beyond, yeah. You can, mm-hmm. you can, ah. um, you can now get, I think, a, a digital copy. And the, the D&D Beyond character creation process is more streamlined. Yeah. Super great, actually. If I didn't yeah. have hard copies, I would just get everything. 
if yeah. I could do it again, it would all be on that. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like, there are some amazing resources online that other people put together. There's D&D Beyond, but, like, there's amazing videos to walk you through it, but, like, if you're just going straight from the player's handbook, it is not great. It's like, you you have to have, oh, you can have a simple weapon or uh, a, martial. a martial weapon. It's like, well, what's that? Yeah. Where do I find weapons? Like, I remember yelling at Nathan down the hall. I'm like, where are the weapons? He's like, I think it's, like, page 80. And I'm like, <laughs> why doesn't this tell me this? Yeah. No, <laughs> system could use So, yes. in a counterpoint to this, I actually think character creation is all right. It's very so, organic. Well, we actually, I, so we had, uh, Tyler, Nathan, and I had this argument before, and um, we have a collection of all the fourth edition books. And so we pulled that out, we pulled out the player's handbook for fourth edition, and it actually has the character creation's bullet point, very simple, and it references the pages. And like, why didn't they do this in fifth edition? Because so, it was so simple in comparison. It was, yeah. Fourth edition is, you know, it's blocking, block, block, block. Very simple. You yeah. put it together. <laughs> I would say, like, so to the noob, the person picking up the book, if someone just picked it up, flipped through it, like got a general sense of how the book was built and like, you know, explored it and got to see, you know, this is the weapons. This is, you know, the features. You read like the first paragraph pretty much of every chapter. You get a frame, a feel for that book. And, you know, the index, the index allows you to look things up. There's also like really small font uh, keyword lookup in the back, which yeah, for me. But the if you have that sort of experience with the book beforehand and then, I, OK, I want to make a character now. You now have a frame of what's in the book, sort of like a map or an idea of what's in the book. And I feel that's more to like, hey, I pick up the book. I'm interested in d and I'm going to look at it. That's what I have my experience for new friendly is. So like when they go to do character creation, they have an idea of what's in the book. Oh, yeah, I saw weapons. They were somewhere over here. Yeah, what page was it? Oh, it, yeah, the index says here. So you could find things. It's not the fact that it doesn't say it in the part. It is available. There is ways of doing it. So to counterpoint to Kayla, as we're jumping creative creation or character creation, the, the there's different ways of approaching a book. You approach it because like, oh, I'm, I'm confident I know my stuff, but you just jumped into character creation. You didn't get a chance to flip through the book fully. Yeah, but like I had to prepare a character for that night. I don't have a day to exactly. read the book. Sorry. My Part. idea for Noob Friendly is could you buy the book and next week sit down with a group of people and play it? hundred percent. Yeah. And my idea for like if you haven't played D before, my recommendation is to find at least one other player or a GM to join your group who has who can help sort of walk you through that process. Or go to I know there are a lot of game stores now that host D D nights, uh, mm-hmm. where you can go and sit with a group of people who are interested in playing and learn from an experienced DMer. There's Adventure League, which yeah. is the sort of Adventure officially League. sanctioned one. There's lots of just I know open ones here in Vancouver. There's uh, ones being hosted at Stormcrow at One Stop Shop in uh, Tinseltown. There's a bunch in North Vancouver. Um, There's one mm -hmm. on the weekends. Yeah, there's lots. I think Tyler's thing about approaching the book and having time to read it and things. I think a lot of newbie D and D players do get that just because of how challenging it is sometimes to find a group of people mm-hmm. who have time yeah. to sit around. You end up sitting with the book and being really excited about it for a while. So, uh, but I don't think that that is sort of the essence of new friendliness. Mm-hmm. For, um, go ahead, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm stepping over you because I got excited about the call. <laughs> um, so I, I think like going into the player's handbook, the way, if you read from front cover to whatever, they give you examples, they give you everything, and it's, and they walk you, they literally walk you through, okay, so Boris the adventurer and his sister, blah, blah, get, uh, he's a paladin, she's a blah, blah, so you get this and this and this, and they, they give you examples in that little green box. Like, the green boxes are the most useful thing in the player's handbook yeah. for that section. The examples are great, for yeah. sure. It's just, it doesn't tell you what to actually it do. It doesn't tell you, but it gives you, it puts you in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I would it, also- it works. Sorry, it works great for the role playing aspect of like, okay, I get a vision of what my characters. It's just mechanic. What's not great. Sorry, I would, Jeff. Uh, I would suggest if you're unable to meet up with somebody that has experience, if you're just a couple of people that want to play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time and have nobody around that has any experience with it, uh, that you pick up the beginners kit. Yeah, the starters uh, kit. Yeah. The starters kit. And the beginner's kit while you're at it. <laughs> uh, to be clear, there's only one. It's called the service kit. Or beginner's kit. It's, it's starter's, starter's kit. You pick that up and just go through it. It's a much smaller thing and it has a lot less. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it'll, you have less choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's part of the problem is 
the, the density of the book comes from all the options and the choices. And it has mm-hmm. the simple rules for DM, the simple rules for character creation. Uh, my experience with character creation, uh, the way that they do it isn't the way that I like to do it when I DM uh, with character creation, because I think that they start with race, then class, then background. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I actually like to go the kind of the other way around. Reverse engineer. Uh, not reverse engineer them, but you know, kind of have a conversation about like what Color type, what type of character do you want to play? And it's a, it, it's something that you can only really do with a bit of experience with the game. I wouldn't ever put it into the book. But like, what's your background? Like, where did you start? If, yeah, if that, you're familiar with fantasy tropes and stories, you can get an idea of what you want and yeah. reverse and, engineer. And, you yeah. know, so you're you're a street urchin that might have led to you being a rogue, rather than saying I'm a rogue, therefore I should pick. Street urchin as mm-hmm. my background because that's just good for being a rogue. That that sort of like min maxing kind of thing doesn't, which is not a bad thing in itself. It's it not can a bad be thing. Really fun and fulfilling. And it, it, it absolutely can. And it, it you know it, it makes sense going that way. Broken. But I like I like making broken characters, and I also like going through and sort of saying, well, like you know, start thinking of your backstory. What kind of character were you? Okay, you were a street urchin. That might have led you to do this, or it might have led you to do something totally different. You know, and then you know like. What kind of race were you and stuff? You know, mm-hmm. So where the class, like the background, seems to be. I think I think it's the third choice. Yeah, yeah something um, like that. Where maybe it should be earlier in the book. But I'm a little worried now that we've maybe scared some viewers <laughs> out of picking up D and D and trying it. If you've got five people who have never played D and D before and you really want to play it, pick it up. Know that you're going to have. It's going to take twice as long as you think it is to get started. You're not going to start playing the first night. Take one whole night to do character creation and play it mm-hmm. if you Get don't have if you don't have a rules lawyer at the table that's fine you're not going to learn the rules right away maybe one of you is going to read the book cover to cover and become the rules lawyer for there's the table. always one in each group yes. there, it'll happen yeah um you're gonna have a rules lawyer you might not always have a healer but you'll always have a rules lawyer. <laughs> um but yeah play it have fun with it and you'll find out a year, maybe three years later, that you've always been playing one mechanic wrong, and you'll learn that later, and you'll fix <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah. just so, pick it up, have fun. Or it'll become a house rule. Yeah. 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 It becomes a house yeah. rule. Yeah, that's, that's how I did it. The, um, the, the, the one thing, there, if you're experienced with previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons, uh, I would say it's more important to rule, read the rules, because there are some changes, and I've played with players who are so used to certain things um, in previous editions that uh, it blurs the line, because they're similar enough, um, but, you know, referring to skills that don't exist or mechanics mm-hmm. that are, that are the different. the death of Faco. Oh, the death of Faco. <laughs> I don't know what that Nobody is. gets that. Did hit armor class zero. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, we called it Faco. Faco. Yeah, Faco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. The yeah, best yeah. move they ever made. Yeah, well, that was that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the way that they've got it done, I think, is the best version that they've put out. Oh, yeah, if you're comparing it versus previous versions, it's like 5 e does yeah. wonders. Um, I think it's very accessible for people. And to, to Andrew, uh, no, to Nathan's point, Matt Colville has a couple of great videos. Even I think if you watch the first video from his first running the game, the game. Running yeah. the game mm-hmm. um, it's, it just it outlines how you can just get a, a game with a couple of stock characters going in, like, one night, you know, yeah. nobody Black ever his daughter gets stolen, and suddenly you're in a campaign. Yeah. And that's the beauty of D&D, especially for physician, is that there are so many resources out there, there's so many people playing this, yes. that you can throw a stone and hit 12 people that are going to be willing to talk to you and help you mm-hmm. uh, get started with it. And okay. it is the great thing about the tabletop community is online, is they're so passionate, people love to talk about people love to help people, so yeah, if you have questions, definitely go online on Twitter, like hashtag tabletop, hashtag Dungeons Dragons, you'll find people. There's yeah. no problem. And there's no, if you have access to the internet, there's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think also, you know, like D&D Beyond is great now, but it came out four years after. Yeah. And that's so for the, and for the first four years, there weren't any real good online options through Wizards of the Coast. And I think the complexity of character creation and stuff is what caused so many people to create mm-hmm. so many resources out there. Um, so there's lots of them, legal or otherwise. Yeah, so I think back to Amanda's point, like, yeah, if you have zero experience at all, like, and you have a whole group of people who have zero experience, the starter kit's definitely the best way to get started if you just want one thing to get you through it. What is also coming out, um, not yet released, but uh, which is announced recently, is they are launching a set of books that are ke- geared towards kids. 
we're getting kids into D&D. So simplified yeah. rules. It's just a, just, you know, one book to kind of get you started. And that way it's going to be, again, much simpler than if you're just looking at the player's handbook. So there are options that are coming out or that are already out that will make it a lot easier. But if you've never played before and you're with nobody who's ever played before, the player's handbook can be really intimidating, but there's other tools out there for you. And the heart of the game is fun. Like, yes. If you have five people at the table who have never played before and you're having fun, then you're doing it right. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if somebody else comes to your table and says that you've been doing this mechanic wrong. Like, fuck them. That's yeah. how they play the game. This is how you play the game. Have yeah. fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, the rule of cool is, is, it is a really important rule. Mm-hmm. Are you having fun? Like, is this fun? Like, does it really matter that you were 35 feet away and not 30 feet away? If you really want to do something extra cool, like, just, just go for it, you yeah. know? If we're not having fun, why are we doing it? If we're not having fun. Mm-hmm. So on that note, then, what do we want to give us for New Friendly? So we've got them all over the place. Two ratings. Mm-hmm. I want to give it a, a three. If you if you are the rules lawyer and you want to play D&D by the book as it's written and as Wizards of the Coast intended it to be played, Wrong. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to say if you just want to play it and have fun and you're playing with a bunch of people who just want to create some cool characters and do some cool shit, I'm going to give it a, a five. Um, I think it's easy enough to pick up and get going, and there's enough resources out there. I think um, if you have no experience with tabletop, this is the entry point for a reason. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's probably two scores, but one based off of Wizards material, one based off if you're looking at the rest of the world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, this doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I yeah. Think, you know, the, the review should include kind of all the things that are out there. I would say, yeah, four... For me, just in general, I think there is room for improvement with the uh, uh, the onboarding of new people, but they've done a really good job. If you just have the player's handbook, I think it's a little bit more complicated than if you have the uh, starter kit. Uh, but like, there's so many resources out there that, uh, that I don't think it should be intimidating for anyone that, mm-hmm. that's never played it. No, and I would say I would say a four is fair, especially like you mentioned, like all of the resources that are available. Again, going directly just off the Wizards book, if you're just having like your player's handbook, probably not great, but yeah. Now, Andrew, you've DM'd 5th edition before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell. But, um, there was the laughter. Can you talk about it? fine. Okay. <laughs> um, We're professionals, guys. <laughs> the, uh, what is it newbie-friendly-wise for a new GM? A uh, new GM, D&D 5th, is probably one of the easiest things that I've ever come across. Because it's like, all right, just do the tropes. Oh, you meet in a tavern. Hey, somebody kick Chekhov's gun. Somebody kicks the door in. Okay, now you have a campaign. Mm-hmm. And then you just go from there. Do Start small, go big, and then you're laughing. It's so much fun. But I use D&D as like a sit around a table and tangents are where I have the most fun and then when the conversation right. dies, I kind of, alright, so moving forward. <laughs> I guess we'll do the thing we're doing here to do. <laughs> yeah, but that's how I DM. That's just what I enjoy. Like, sure. I love the tangents of, like, random talking. So sure. To, uh, to add to, like, the DM thing, like, we haven't even touched it. The actual the DM's guide is great for, as, like, just a DM. If you're, like, first, you don't know what mm-hmm. to, how to approach a DM. The DM's guide, like, from, if you read that cover to cover, you don't have to. But if you like, you read like the first third. Rules lawyer is. <laughs> so okay, let's do a side here. I've started D and D in fourth. I started by going to the library, getting the Montrose Guide, DM's Guide, and the Player's Handbook, Nerd. and read all three of them cover to cover before my first session. I'm impressed. <laughs> this is part of the reason that he's involved here. We needed I this guy. So that my first session, I like made three or four characters before I even came there. Like, hey, let's make a character. We did prefabs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my comment on the DM's handbook uh, is DM's guide. Sure. Yeah. Beginner's kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a special edition thing. You guys didn't get. It. Yeah. Um, my comment on the DM's guide is that if you're going to DM, I think you really only need to pick up one of the uh, pre-written campaigns 
the DM's guide, I think, is really great if you want to write your own campaign. If you want to do anything yes. anything flexible outside of that, yeah. yeah. There's but so if many you're, reasons. If you're just picking up and you're just wanting to try it out with four or five people who want to give it a go, you don't even need the DM's guide. You just need a pre-written campaign. And, and The DM's so guide that. should almost be called the advanced DM's guide. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't need it to DM. No. No. There, there is like, a DM section in the player's handbook. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and the first few chapters lay out like how to create a backstory and how to create the cityscape that your campaign lives in and things like that. Like, it's really great for creating narrative and creating a, a livable world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, now my I'm completely opposite of that. I think DM's guide is easier. Because uh, I look at I I'm a DM like I do it a lot and I and I look at those pre those pre made adventures and I'm just like oh it's a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> like I look at it like I wanted to do the water deep heist or whatever it was mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god that looks so good and then I opened it and I'm like nope can't do this <laughs> like, it's I, a lot. I think it's, it's a, a play, lot. it's a play style yeah. I I ran a campaign. With that, and that book is, would be amazing. That book is laid out very well compared to some of the other pre-made like ones. I looked at Curse of Strahd as well, and I was like, "Oh boy, it was, I was overwhelmed." But the problem with all of those is, it, you really do need to read those books cover to cover. Yeah, Tyler would have no problem DMing <laughs> those because he would just buy the book and read it cover to cover, and know everything twice. I'm I can't. I just I'm not good at learning like that, and I, I just you know I, I will read a session or two in advance, but the uh, Waterdeep specifically, and I know that's not really the, the subject here, but it does a good job of laying out the things you're supposed to know without having to force you to read the whole yeah. book right out the gate. I was really excited for like Heart of the Dragon Queen or Horde of the Dragon Queen, mm-hmm. and I was re- started reading that, got like a chapter in, and I was like, "Well, this is really cool, but I can't handle it." It's cool. That one is not well laid out. I think that oh, one okay. might have been rushed. Because it was the first campaign book out, ah. um, and I felt it, it was a lot clunkier than subsequent ones. That's good because that's the one I read the most of. Yeah, and, and was it was really it was a lot of like you're kind of left with oh I guess so and so did this, and then a couple late pages later, there's some key information that contradicts something you just made up. Actually, what I ended up doing because in the campaign that I was running previous to this, I would grab all of the prefabs. And I would just be like, all right, well, this character and this character from these two different books meet. What happens? And then I would have hooks ready to go to each one. And I had a really good time setting that up. But what I ended up doing was just looking online for, like, a summary of the the prefabs. I didn't didn't think to do that the first time. Um, There was a, yeah. Uh, again, the the Sturge Kid has the Lost Minds of Fandelver, which mm-hmm. is a great uh, if you're a really good thing. Good very blue jeans. Yeah, so if you guys have ever listened yeah. to Adventure Zone, Lost yeah. Minds of Fandelver is yeah. where it starts. That is true. Which they goes completely off the rails very quickly, very but um, that gives you a basic idea of where you can start. I'm really no excited because I've sort of half played that one before, but that was like three years ago, and my Star Wars group that's playing for three years is finally getting back into D and D, and we're going right back to basics. <laughs> and it's gonna be a lot it, of fun. it starts out with. Uh, you know, like, uh, there's a trap, and there's a, a situation that you probably won't be able to fight your way out of at first level, so it forces you to kind of think outside of the box. Really um, it's a classic, you guys meet on a road, and you've been all paid to to do something, and things go awry immediately. Classic campaign kickoff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they might as well on have started note, in the tavern. On that note, though, you need to, uh, there is one, one rule about D&D that everyone needs to pay attention to, and that is when you're making that character, you need to work together. Lone wolves, or like the mm. people that are reluctant heroes, <laughs> just don't. You're there yeah, with a four party. Or five of them together, <laughs> yeah. really frustrating. Why do I help them? Because you're at the table. <laughs> yeah. um, so, on, and on the note of female campaigns, you might think it's, oh, that might be boring because like everybody's done this before, but I guarantee you that no pre-made campaign that anyone has ever gone through is ever identical no. because it changes it's, it so much not, by the people at the table. It's not prepared for you. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you will no go in and fuck that campaign up when, and make it unrecognizable. No and this is D&D. <laughs> fifth edition came out, a couple of people who I knew that were familiar with D&D got together and played um, The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Mm-hmm. It was like the week that it came out. The, the player's handbook wasn't even out yet. We were just going off of um, the... SRD. Yeah, it's not the SRD. It, it's yeah, it's the the basic rules. I think it's called uh, system resources. 
document? Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the sort of open license. Oh, okay. Concept. So all the but rules no, the, for D and D can be put online. It's the basic rules. There's a there's a basic rules and the basic DM rules that come with mm. the certificate. Mm. Um, and so we were just going off the basic rules, and our DM was running Lost Minds of Fandelver, and then I ran it for some other people, and the game couldn't have been more different. It was the exact same pre-made campaign, and they went so different, <laughs> and even just in the first session, like wildly different. Uh, ways of solving problems, like it really just comes down to to who you're playing. Right. And yeah. to speak a little bit to the kind of because I did have ran a little bit of it, and it takes that in a way, way like this, like this is the world, these are the events, but like there's no like, hey, you need to go chronologically through these events within that starter set. It's like, like hey, adventure. you miss you miss these things. It don't matter if you miss those things; they're, mm-hmm. they exist. It, yeah, it tells you what's important. Existing yeah. whether you're there or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's cool things to find though. You don't have to be completionist about it. You can play it a few times. So. I want all um, the achievements. Did we go through everyone's new score? Well, yeah. So uh, I also just wanted to touch on character sheets really quickly because I sure. don't know where that's going to fit in. But um, do we want to make a character sheet separate things? We can make a character. That would be a today. mechanic. Sure. Yeah. That's, okay. I will hold my comments till later. All right. So in regards to new friendly. I think maybe we should give it two ratings. Three for if you're going straight from the player's handbook, four if you're looking at additional resources. Is that I fair? I am on four, maybe four. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we should just... I think newbie uh, friendly is newbie friendly. Yeah. It's going to be tough to split up on the website. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing so. in newbie friendly is for players. And for players. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Okay. So how do you want to rate for DMs, Andrew? For DMs, fifth is so nice. It's just like, oh, you need to jump across this thing? All right, it's on the sheet. Go ahead and do something. No, we think to... new... Because we're, we're talking about someone who's never played a tabletop before, and they suddenly decide they want to DM D&D. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it's so easy to do. The only thing you ever need to remember is just when it gets like, when people are like calming down and nothing's happening, something kicks the door in. Like, I think that's heavily dependent on the, on the person. True. It's, yeah. tough, to give a, it's tough to give a, a general... Um, I mean, I think it's always going to be harder to DM than to play. Yes. There's um, a lot more a going on. Person, there's just yeah. a lot more going on. You're supposed to know the rules for everyone. And um, improv. No, yeah. Correct. There's always a rules. Players know their rules. That's, yeah. that's an agreed upon thing. Players know their mechanics. Players know their rules. The DM just makes the story and it's like, well, referee. this makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so from a one to five, what would you give it? A one to five for newbie friendly DMs. I give it a almost a five, like a 4.5. There could be like a couple things better. But that's that's about it. It's so nice for DMs. And I, I will go back to the DMs guy. Like, the first, like, third of it is just talking about, like, hey, this is how you can handle your table. This is how you can talk about different things. This is how you can encourage people to do this. And there's even parts later on where, like, hey, there's a way you could do this instead. Like, for like rules. Rules plays a pretty significant rule part of uh, D&D. But there's part of, like, in the DMs guy where he talks about it, like, hey, you know, this is how you could rule, but, you know, gameplay wants to keep going. So yeah. you'd be like, oh, hey, just, like, the job that we'll leave that to the end. Yeah. yeah. And now it doesn't matter how you do that. If it's like, if they have to try and jump over a castle wall or something, as if it moves the story or the enjoyment factor forward, then go for it. Like, yeah. it's so nice for GMs in fifth. Like, my buddy, when he was running first edition for us and I was just a player, he was always, like, just almost falling over because there were seven people just buffeting him with. There's so many brains against, like, around the table than one GM that it's the way Fifth made it. It's so nice. It's just so simple. And the big thing about it is they're guidelines. You can home rule anything. That's mm-hmm. that's a thing in the game that they're like, hey, guys, this is... I think, it's, imp- I think it's important to learn the rules before you start bending them and True. I mean, I, I just but, think, that, you know, in general for, like... You need I, to understand, not necessarily learn. You need to know yeah. everything. Is what yeah. is what no, you, we're going you definitely for. don't need to know everything. That's why they, those resource books are there. And you're right, the, the minutia of player mechanics and, and spell mechanics and stuff like that um, should be more dependent on, like, the wizard should know their spells. Yeah. And me as a DM, I just need to know that a wizard can cast spells and that, you know, yeah. there's, you need to be aware of, of certain parts of it. But you do need to be aware of some overall kind of, yeah. but yeah, the, being a DM is, is just tough in general. I think newbie friendly, like it is still a very newbie friendly GMing book. To compare to fifth, it's so nice. Cool. I, yeah, I actually, I changed my rating. I'm going to give it a five. I love the way. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it at four point five, just because. Because what what's going to be a five then? 
I'm sure there, I'm sure there are systems that are easier. I think D&D, for people looking in, and that's what this channel's about, people looking into the world and being like, hey, maybe I start here. I think D&D should be the base, because like, it's really easy to get into, it's really easy to understand, and it gets really complicated if you twist a dial like that. All but right. I say it's a five. Okay, so where do we land for new friendliness in I'm, general? I'm going to give it a four. Um, oh, we're holding up. Okay. I, I'm just going to... That's fine. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. Um... I think it's very easy to pick up and sort of learn as you go. You're going to find out three sessions in that you've been ruling something incorrectly up until that point, and you're going to mm-hmm. change it going forward. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm holding back on that one is just because the way that, and we're going to get to this, this all falls under mechanics, but um, the character sheets and playing the game, I find is very challenging if you haven't put together your own cheat sheet. And D and haven't found a an official version of anything that lays that out in a way that I'm happy with. I've I've seen a million people who've had to homebrew their yes. own character sheets and their own cheat sheets to make that. This is this is part of my flipping through yeah. the so, book to figure out where all the mechanics the, lie. The back of DM screens. Very good. Um, also, screen, yeah. if you pick up, there's not an official thing, but if you pick up the hero book made by also friends of ours, um, <laughs> which is a notebook that has um, dry erase pages in it, you can write your character sheet in there, but it also has tons of references for all those many sh- rules built right into the book itself. So it's just the one notebook you need to play. But like I said, there, like Amanda said, there is no official thing for that. Yeah, it's things that players have had to custom create because a thing like that doesn't exist. So yeah. If you're a newbie and all you want to pick up is a prefab or something like that, you need to throw together your own cheat sheet to make that a little a little easier to handle. Very true. Yeah. That's my piece of advice. Yeah. Cool. Alright, well I guess we'll put it down as a four. Alright, so adaptability. So we've kind of talked a bit about this, about this. So how easy is it to throw your own story into D&D 5th edition? So easy. So yeah. easy. It's yeah. like an eight. D and E is pretty much made to be it anything. Is, it's basically, yeah. Uh, we were having this discussion before we started recording, but uh, Wizards of the Coast has released a bunch of playtest material under the banner of Unearthed Arcana, and some of those um, reference other worlds or how to kind of build your own world if you want to do a modern setting. If you want to do, uh, they haven't got into a space setting, but like. Uh, the DM guide has rules if you want to flex on, uh, if you want machine guns instead of crossbows. Like it's, it's, it's very, yeah, mm-hmm. lasers, you know, explosives, all, things that aren't typical of a fantasy setting. You can make it a sci-fi setting if you want. You can make it a, a Call of Cthulhu style setting with, with sanity checks. You can do, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very a, flexible, it's very adaptable. already, it just kind of didn't. Yeah, the thing about D and D for that regard is the DM's guide is not meant to read from cover to cover. It's a it's a open it and be like, uh, oh, okay, Tyler. here we go. It's a reference. <laughs> yeah, but it's really good for that. Like the last encounter that we made, uh, that we did in the fifth edition campaign. Yeah, I, I made that completely from the DM's guide and just rolled and just rolled and was like, oh, okay, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And it worked really well because it's really great references. But I've never read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and like we were talking about prior to recording, was that like not only like is there tons of D and D Wizards official documentation and stuff out there. There are tons of other companies and individuals that are making content. Like we have Cobalt Press. Every week there's a yeah, Cobalt Press is great. We, we love them. Uh, but every week there's new Kickstarters for new content, for new yeah. monster manuals, for new classes, for everything. So yeah, the, the world skill. is doing it. Yeah. The DM skill yeah. has a lot of paid. Yeah. Uh, just, I guess you could say fan-made content, yeah. third-party mm-hmm. content. Um, the best from, part of it is pay what you want on those. Pay what you want on a lot of them. Support your locals. You know? um, these are people that are just, you know, experienced DMs that, that made a, a class for a uh, campaign that, that works, you know, uh, or, or a yeah. campaign setting. Or, you know, well, like Andrew could put the encounter that he put us through on there and people could buy it, potentially. Anyways, yeah. Amanda? Yeah, for adaptability, I think it's so easy. If you've played for a little while and you're bored of all of the races and whatnot that are already designed as player characters, go through the monster manual. And if there's a 
race in there that you want to play, somebody's probably homebrewed oh, yeah. stats mm-hmm. for a playable character for that. And if they haven't, it's probably easy enough for you to do it. Yeah, just do a, a Google. Book of those yeah. that I yeah. picked up. I think I showed it to you guys yeah. before. And it's like, you can be like an abolith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like for... You could be a grell. I didn't super yeah, love, right. like, they... They put the grill in a weird box where you sort of had to be chaotic evil or whatever, but like yeah, it would be. Grill. Yeah, but like, fuck it. I want to be the black sheep grill who like loves the humanity grill and is out on a boat. I can. So, like, um, in Chef's Night, which is a game that Nathan runs, I decided I wanted to play a knoll, so I did a Google. Sure enough, D&D Beyond, there was a knoll class. Like, we modified it because it's based very heavily on martial and physical fighting because I was going to do a sorcerer, but yeah, the information's there. Just got to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the flexibility if you want to create your own story. I actually have um, an easier time uh, creating my own story rather than playing the. Because it's your yeah. world. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You never end up contradicting. Uh, yourself, unless you're not paying attention to the stuff you've already said. Um, but if you've got a formed idea in your mind of, of where this is all going, or even if you don't, you have just a little bit of an idea. Your yeah, uh, yeah running running your own world uh, it, it tends to be easier for me because the mm-hmm. running other people's worlds, you know, you need to kind of study it um, front to back. And I found no problem with kind of fitting into whatever campaign setting or creating my own campaign setting. Um, within the the rules, I think it's it's a framework um, that's really easy to work with, um, and I think it's very general. Yeah, broad but strokes is what your friend in that. Yeah, I think we're a table of storytellers as well, and so I think we're going to be a little biased in that way that we mm-hmm. all sort of prefer to go off book and create our own narratives, whereas there are a lot of groups who if. If you're interested in the character arcs and the actual RPG and just blowing shit up, then the the, yeah, the beer and peanut pre-written, the pre-written yeah. uh, campaign the is the way to go, and those are totally fine. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh yeah, there, there is like definitely like a niche of people. Like I think something like the I think it's like the sieges or the D and D Wizard of the Coast, they have the Adventure League. Yeah. yeah. So some of that stuff is like people go for like. There's yeah, it's like competitive the engine. Yeah, so like, yeah. there's people who like <laughs> live and live and die for mid maxing, where they yeah. max their you know yeah. go out yeah. and make this character. But at the end of the day, yeah, making a great. Well, yeah, the goal for that is treasure and monsters. That's, yeah. that's Speaking what of is. competitive D and D and not really understanding it, I think it is important as a new player coming to the table to realize that no one's there to win. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're all there to work together and have fun and solve problems and defeat monsters, and it's not the players versus the dm it's not player versus player it's just you're there as a party to have fun mm-hmm. and that's really important to note as well for people who want to be a dm you're not trying to defeat the players you're not trying to make their lives hard and they're not there to ruin your ideas you're there to facilitate the fun to be, sister me, i have to learn to kill players more to be fair i think if Depends on your table. I think it's an expectation yeah. management thing because I think there are people that you know the DM is like, I'm going to try to kill you, and the players go, I want to, I want to fight that. But it's it's about That's yeah, fine. it's about agreeing yeah. together and just and just being fun. And I think yeah. it, when it breaks down, when the fun breaks down, is when people have kind of conflicting ideas of what constitutes a good session. Why they're, DM, at, the table. Why they're yeah. at the table? Yeah, you so, need to you need to go through that contract and session two. But that's every system. Yes, that's yes, true. Absolutely. In session zero, you need to figure out, okay, what's everybody's expectation? Because mm-hmm. if you're going for, like, a heist, and instead you're doing, like, a Call of Cthulhu, it's very different, yeah. and somebody's yeah. going to be like, what? what am I here? <laughs> yeah, but what if it's a horror heist, and you're stealing, heist, old stealing a tentacle? Yeah. Just one. Just okay. one. <laughs> all right, so I think we can all agree that uh, adaptability is a five. Yes. Oh, yes. absolutely. Okay. Yes, sir. Are we ready to move on to the next, uh, next category? Yep. Yes. Uh, mechanics heavy. So is D and D mechanics heavy? It this, can be. This is a yes. tough one to look at, having played previous versions of D and D. I have to try to remove my bias because comparatively, it's it's rules light. Well, you yeah, know, we can use sure. comparatively though in this case because we're talking about tabletop as a whole. That's true. And we are talking about D and D five E, which yes. is what we yeah. played. Yes. Yes. Yeah, specifically, fifth edition, I think, is rules light compared to other editions. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's rules like compared to most things. Uh, to, to to some, I mean, there are. I, like, I, would say, I would say this is like the middle ground. Like, I, yeah, me, I would say so? this is like yeah, because there's some. Everything else. Is well, like, you look at Shadowrun. That's crazy mechanics heavy. Then you look at Fiasco. It's really well, and if you do play Blades in the Dark with us, which was that's sort true, of rules light. Yeah, there, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of um, uh, yeah lighter 
like just the only one type of dice or it comes down to coin flips really or you know where where it's really just more about RPing your way through and occasionally like the combat in uh, one of the systems we played Blades in the Dark I suggest the listener listen to our Blades in the Dark episodes um, combat is really you roll a dice to see if you beat the guy mm-hmm. like it isn't okay. it isn't individual blows it's kind mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. you set up a that's oh, beneficial. this is how I, like I want to do it you know and so it really plays into the story so I think that's a that's a very example of a very mechanics light and so let's touch on back into the customization way you know, I can say almost any RPG game can be played differently is you could strip out some of the rules for mm-hmm. D&D where it's like hey we're not playing like like long range and close range is something that's oftentimes for the ab lip to yeah. make it faster sure. and that's a big thing a big thing about 5e is that they very specifically state even in the DM's guide that a lot of the rules are basically guidelines they can be stripped out and not used Based on your team. And I think that speaks to its adaptability if you can yeah. strip yeah. away a lot of those rules. So. But let, let, let's talk about the, how the game's intended to be played, though. So, it's like, like, yeah, any game can be modded to any amount of levels, and sure, like, you could make. But I think it's intended to be modded. Sure, but so we, we're taking that into account. Yeah. Is that, yes, the game sets you up and provides you guidelines on how to do that. So, sorry. Yeah, I think, I think as the game is intended, the mechanics are probably closer to a 3.5 or 4. Yeah. Um, but I think. Yeah, the adaptability of it. Um, I was just going to say that when I play with friends of the podcast, the Beholder's Eye, um, Andrew Dropping runs that names. one. I know. Andrew runs <laughs> that one. Different Andrew. Different Andrew. My DM, Andrew. Um, not, which, is not, which is different from my DM, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew not Andrew, Andrew, not Andrew. Um, my Andrew, my Andrew, my Andrew. Yeah. Um, Everybody loves Andrews? Yeah. He... He runs it very fast and loose where um, we don't really care whether something in rules written would actually be feasible or mm-hmm. not. It's, is this cool and is this fun? Yeah. Um, and so I think D&D can be mechanics heavy, but I think it is important to note that you can dial that back. And if mm-hmm. you don't want a mechanics heavy game, D&D doesn't have to be that. Yeah, it suggests you throw out like uh, capacity or whatever carrying weight, oh, carrying capacity, yeah. ration, exhaustion, yeah. insanity. But, or yeah, nobody gives a fuck about eating. But that said, there there is there is an existing framework in the game for things like that. Yes. Like there's a weight really to every fun, item. I must say. Yeah. There is uh there is you know things like exhaustion, things like how often you sleep. Mm-hmm. Like those mechanics exist in the game, and they're in the the player's handbook and the DM guide. Parameters so, make more. You have to make more clever choices, so it's a lot of fun if mm-hmm. you have a bunch of parameters, but you don't want to start with carrying capacity. So, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to put a point on that because <laughs> the game has a framework for it being mechanics heavy, but I think the way most people play it, the way I've played it with most people, mm-hmm. is a relatively light version of that. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, what I was going to bring up is actually for the next sort of point on mechanics is one thing, in comparatively, in some of the other systems we play now, but classes is each class is going to be different and one thing i really enjoy about D is like hey you're a fighter or you're a paladin or you're a mage or something like that you yeah, as a person you a are mechanical you 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 are mechanically different from someone else mm-hmm. someone yes. could maybe try to do something similar to you but they won't be able to do the same that you can do so there's some other systems that are kind of like you're all different things and you're all different flavors but when it comes down to mechanics you're the same. Yeah, like the Cthulhu yeah. is just percentage, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's the same. Yeah, completely different. But that's where we come back to my cheat sheet idea, mm-hmm. which is yes. that you can't depend on the DM to know what you can and can't do because that's not your job. Their job, you have to you have to come to the table knowing what your abilities are and what your potential is. Or at least have is. an idea. Yeah. And so, have the yeah. player's handbook open to them. <laughs> so with the variability of this of the mechanics, like do we want to be three? Because it can be really easy. It can be re- it can be really heavy. It can be really light. It can go either way. I think three is I probably fair. fair. Yeah. Um. Uh, because yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's the most complex, even at the complex end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, I think a two to four range, depending on how you want to play it, is fair. So three is I'm okay with three because yeah. it's so. Because each GM is co- totally different, and in one game I play, we have carrying capacity, and it is so much fun because suddenly you have th- th- three hundred thousand pieces of gold. Good luck carrying that to the city. That's yeah. an entire adventure. Yeah. Now. That's three hundred thousand ounces yeah. of gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just it's so fun. But the same thing in our game, it was just we like want yeah, just down go. With that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think the one thing we should bring a, a point to is we talked about it a little bit, but. 
the importance of a session zero to be able to yes. cover these rules, There's cover how you want to run the game, how people's expectations around it, how you want to customize it, talking with people at the table to customize it, be able to help that new friendliness, that learning curve, that session zero is, I would almost say you want to maybe put it on a mandatory level, but I, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's <laughs> fair. That's fair for every single tabletop though. Yeah. Like you should always have a session zero. You need to figure out what are your plans looking for? What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Does that align? Are there trigger things? So some people don't want to deal with, like, when people come and play, some people don't want to deal with slavery or things like that mm-hmm. when they're playing. Because they're like, I want to go into a fantasy world and do stupid things and kill orcs. And other people, they want to get into those the deep nature, discussions. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, some people want to deal with carrying capacity. Other people don't freaking care. They don't care about feet. They just want to have fun and blow shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Session Zero is always important no matter what game you're playing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You need to define the con- the social contract that you are agreeing to at the table. Mm-hmm. You need to. Mm-hmm. You need to have your people there and be like, all right, what do you guys want to do? Yeah. And then and- I want to blow shit up. Okay. I want to figure out what good and evil is. You don't need to get that specific, but you need to have an idea so the GM or the players can be like, oh, okay, I will adjust to this. And for your table, it's good to know that tangents are allowed. That's where you have the fun and that, that the game yeah. is almost secondary to like the fun group conversation happening at the table. Whereas at tables that I play at, the game is front and center and side conversations, they sometimes happen, but they're definitely frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. like no phones at the table, no, no, nothing. Yeah. There's going to be rules that people are going to want to establish. Yeah, in your yeah. flashback, I noticed that was... Uh... The same. It was just like game only. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's a couple times where EXP penalties for like table talk. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's too much. This is, this it, is why because there's a problem at the table. Well, it depends so. on, you know, if yeah, it's on the group. It depends on the purpose. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I, I lean a little bit more towards Andrew's play style. Um, uh, we tend to play casually, pretty much. We tend to play casually. Yeah. Even, even when I'm playing with, with other people, you know, like mm-hmm. there's always a. You know, a, 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 like a meta out of character joke to be made, or mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of conversation. If you've ever listened to our podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, surely nothing goes on like that. Or if you've ever listened, to the back, <laughs> if you've ever listened to the Basement Guild, you know how um, my how player, you my, are? my my players react to my puns. Yeah, um, something I wanted to touch up on was leveling up um, in D anD. d we talked about like sort of the the slog through the first three levels and leveling up is it can be really slow. It doesn't have to be. It also has to be decided in your session zero mm-hmm. how you're going to level up. Some people milestone like milestone or experience. Yeah, milestone yeah. versus experience. Um, some people like to level up sort of after the first three sessions versus actually gathering the XP to make it to that next level and deciding how much XP you're going to give out for a thing. Yeah. Um, so actually, an example to that is like one of the sessions or campaigns I was playing. To level up, you actually need to spend in-game time to train and to achieve and you that had level to spend, up. Spend money to get somebody. Yeah, you to, to get someone to train you. Like yeah. each experience is worth like half a gold or something in, in like first edition. So you were playing a hardcore game. First was <laughs> you read brutal, the first man. three books cover to cover before you started. What do you expect? Oh God! <laughs> so. That was a fourth E world, but like we didn't always like. There's other times I played campaigns where it's just like, oh hey, you got the experience. Like <laughs> a story I joke like goes around you. Um, like the story happened was like, hey, we just finished a battle and oh what? We're like five experience from level up. We're like, oh come on, like could we just level up? And we're like, there's a rat over there. <laughs> <laughs> Kill the rat, ding, and you leveled up right there and yeah. then. Whereas I don't love the grind. I really like. Um, coming into a game and being like, okay, you, you did the slogging and now you're at level five and you get to do some cool shit. I don't want to play for three years to get to level five. Yeah. So I think, I, I think the average, uh, the rate of, well, we usually do milestones in yeah. most of the games yeah. I play, but, um, but the rate that you should be leveling up, I mean, it varies, but you should be doing four or five encounters per session. Yeah. And that's six. And the, six encounter days is the rule book. Okay. Like, yeah. So and crazy. That, and that should be enough to get you a level for the first couple of sessions. You should be going, you know, level one for the first session, level two for the second session, level three for the second session, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then start to space, pace, it out. space it out and pace it out a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important, though, for especially the new players. If, if you're experienced players... Maybe you jump ahead into to level three or something, but they're in D and D specifically at third level. All classes make some big choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you really define what you want to do with that, and I think playing through a bit of the slog, mm-hmm. the, the level one and the level two, 
helps you find your play style if you've never played before. Mm-hmm. And even if you have played before, you've never played that class. Um, if you've always been a wizard and this time you're being a rogue, you know, there's there's a totally different world open for you. Mm-hmm. Completely yeah. different play. Just new game plus. And it's yeah. important to, from Andrew's point, like five or six encounters in a session, That's it's important insane. to realize that an encounter is also a trap. A trap? Yeah, a trap, right? a social yeah. situation. Social situation, a three-second encounter. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Technically, right. yeah. by the by, what they suggest in the rules, yeah. it's six encounters per day. But that includes traps, obstacles, combat, going into a store, yeah, yeah, conversations, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so encounters don't have to be like a full be a session of battle. Session. Doesn't have yeah. to be no. combat. And like so. depending on your game, like again, this is all part back to the, the session zero thing. It's like you may play a game where you almost never fight. And you just talk about things all the time, and you it's very political. And then there's other games where all you do is go and fight and kill everything you see, and you maybe call the murder how well. You know, it's we whatever works the door for you. in and kill every orc in here. Yeah. 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 Kill the it's shop fun. It's a lot hands. of fun. You get extra points for the children. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get to our overall scores. So with five being, you absolutely freaking love this game, with one being, you never want to see it again. So for like D&D 5e, it's. It's pretty much bread and butter of like the starting point for tabletop. And for me, I played D&D 4th. I played came, I've been played some of the older stuff after the fact, but 4th, then to 5th is playing it in. Completely different world. 5th is fun. It's great. It's yeah. enjoyable. It's, I would say, 4.5 for me. Okay. You sound so excited about that 4.5. Mm-hmm. That's because he's a rules lawyer. He's, he's <laughs> reading it. I have a great idea. He's done the calculations. Have you done yeah. the math? <laughs> I'd say I'd say a four for me. I think again I I'm gonna split it into DM and player again. Okay. Because overall as a DM, um, well actually they're both gonna be five anyways. But for <laughs> other for other situations like for for Star Wars for example, I'm DM is gonna be way higher than player for me. Mm. But for this one, they're both gonna be five because I think fifth edition should, in, based off what I enjoy, be the base of like all right this is. This is what you, this is the easiest and the fastest and the the nicest to get into right away. Mm. And then you expand from there being like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. So that's my opinion. I, um, I played a bunch of other systems and uh, there's lots of settings and campaigns and other things in other systems. And every time my brain just goes to... Could I just play this in fifth edition? Could I just play this in fifth edition rules? And for me, I think it's the same as Andrew. Uh, I think it's a five for me. It just, um, I've, I've yet to, other than the ones that are fundamentally a different type of game, uh, like we played Blades, uh, Blades in the Dark and, and Fiasco and, and a couple of these other games that are, um, just a very different type of game. I think for this style, it, it's the one that I would just choose over the others. Mm-hmm. My head says four, my heart says five. I feel like there are some systems that um, have in they're they're easier to sit down and approach uh, mm-hmm. for like just a, a one off night. Um, there are other systems that have uh, more narrative dice and things like that. But I just I just love D anD. d I will always have room in my heart for it, and I love having time in my schedule for it. Um, and I think I think it's the bread and butter of the tabletop world for a reason. Okay, where you gonna land on that then? Four point five. Five? five, five, okay. Well, I'm gonna break the mold here. Um, so one, no, <laughs> not a one. She lights the player's hand up on fire. <laughs> oh, shit, we're burning right now. No, for me it's a three point five. Um, like I mentioned, this like D and D always hold a special place in my heart because that's where I started, and you know I do enjoy it. But um, at the end of the day, like then it's an amazing place for anyone to start. If you want to start tabletop, it's the easiest place to really enter, just because there's so pedal. many other people. Backpedal. Well, <laughs> no, uh, but no, like it is. There's the most resources. It's the most thing that like, everyone knows what Dungeons and Dragons. Is. You may not know what tabletop is, but you know what Dungeons and Dragons is because you watch Stranger Things or something like that. So, you know, it is what it can be accredited to the rise of tabletop in the last couple of decades and why we see so many different options out there. But at the end of the day, there are so many options out there. there and, you know, D&D is great at what it does. But does it, like, make me have dreams about what I can do with it? Not necessarily. Like, I, I enjoy playing it when I do, you know, and there, 
it is good at what it does, but I see a bunch of other systems out there that I see so much more opportunity with that I'm way more excited about. So yeah, I give it a 3.5, and that's not discrediting DD, it's just because I'm so excited about what else is out there. That's probably one of that. Sweet. Yeah. Pick it up, guys. Play it. Have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just have, have fun. a session zero. Have a session. <laughs> yeah, I would, Get I mean, a beginner's kit. If you've if, honestly, if you've never if you've never played, um, watch watch Matt Colville's first video on running the game. I mean, it's probably ten or fifteen minutes, and it'll either get you excited for playing the game, or it won't. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you know, um, or or you know, tune into Critical Role or Adventure Zone or or any of those, and um. The content's out there. The content yeah, is the content out there. there. Like, hey, you made it this far. You're listening to us right now. Every yeah. mainstream sitcom that goes more than five seasons has a D&D episode. Find it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, like sometimes not everyone can make a session zero. So if you can't have a session zero, always be in contact with your players up until your first session. Or your DM if you're not the DM. Or your DM, yeah. <laughs> but like... Mm-hmm. I think we didn't touch about We kind of always talked about like joining at the table. D&D doesn't have to be at a table. Yeah. It can be over phone, Skype. Yeah, there's, there's so many ways yeah. to join together. I think Andrew actually talked about something that he used to play D&D over forum posts. Yeah, forum, mm-hmm. forum RP. Yeah, there, there right. is yeah. RPOL.com. Really yeah. great yeah. for that. So it's like, there's not like, oh, hey, I have to like, get young people together. Schedules are hard. We know that we... This is the hardest part of any tabletop yeah. is doing out schedules. Yeah. And like Roll20 is really great for that yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There's, there's many ways of, of having D&D. Virtual tabletop on Steam. Yep. Yeah, put your VR head on, go, go for it. I know some people who LARPing. Yeah, run... LARPing, I would LARP in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> I know people who run campaigns with multiple GMs and then like 70 players just in a Discord chat, which is chaos to me, but they're out there. West yeah. Marcher style. Yeah, West Marcher mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. So yeah, there's so many options out there. Go and explore them, have fun. And hopefully yeah. we gave you some information. 